Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, how AI helps with tedious government research work. The work that you're doing outside and going to those parties and talking to your advocates is super critical. That's the thing that you should be doing. What you shouldn't be doing is sitting at your desk, reading through a thousand page document, try to understand that one line that might be relevant. There are thousands of pieces of legislation introduced each year in Congress. Well, how do you know which ones will pass and become law? Believe it or not, a local tech company, Fiscal Note, thinks you can apply technology to solve this problem. We're joined in the studio by Vlad Eidelman. He is the vice president of research at Fiscal Note. We're going to talk about how artificial intelligence may allow lobbyists and citizens to better predict whether a law will pass and why, in this case, artificial intelligence may, in fact, create jobs and economic growth. Vlad, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, it's great to have you. Fiscal Notes got a lot of local press. Our friends at DCNS sent you over to have this conversation. Really excited to have you here. Tell me about Fiscal Note. What's it do? Sure. So, so I think we started at a really good place. As in most things today, there's just a ton of information coming at you for any decision that you're making. And it's really hard to understand what's relevant and what's not. And so the core of what Fiscal Note was founded on was how can we enable people to better understand what's going on, especially if they have to keep up with all the policy changes and things going on in the government, to take in all the data that they need to and make decisions to react or act in ways that help their organization and uh, inform their advocates to understand how policy changes are going to affect them. And so the first thing we need to do is collect a lot of information, collect a lot of data. So we collect local, state, federal data as it comes in, but that is only so good. You need to actually make sense of it. So the second part is where the applied AI team comes in, the team that I lead, which is to actually create analysis on top of that information that hopefully is practical AI tools that enable people to do the things that they're already doing, but hopefully a little bit better, maybe faster, maybe a little smarter. And so I think there's a bit of a false dichotomy that's presented in the media often between AI versus human. Whereas I think the, the real message should be AI or a human without AI versus a human, period. And so what AI is supposed to do is to enhance the things that you're already doing. And so there's a lot of routine work, a lot of data culling and munging that someone today is probably doing to just even understand the current state of affairs. Whereas with AI, what AI is really good for is just processing and finding patterns in a lot of data. But it doesn't know if those are relevant patterns, if those are informative. What we need an expert, a human to do is take in all of that analysis and then understand what am I going to do with it? How am I going to act on it? And hopefully we make that decision point a little bit easier to digest. It's funny because as you're describing it, I, I think back to I think back to the introduction of steam power and how a lot of people were concerned how steam power was going to displace manual labor, it was going to displace workers. And in fact, what happened was steam power made made things more efficient and humans basically sat on top of steam power and started to create all these amazing new products and, and technologies and businesses by using steam power. Many people, when they talk about artificial intelligence, focus on the, the job substitution. And they don't focus on the fact that there's nothing to prevent humans from sitting on top of AI, as you say, and being more effective, more productive, and ultimately creating more value. That's where you're getting that's, at, right? That's exactly right. So I think what we've seen in, in the recent years is the growing popularity and sort of public discourse about AI and I think there's a couple of misperceptions that come with that. And one is that AI is kind of coming over and taking over general intelligence. And that's, that's not the case. And so the kind of things that research labs and companies like us are working on are practical tools. How do we actually apply AI in ways that enhance 
not substitute what people are doing. And so there might be subtasks that AI can completely cover, but there's no end-to-end replacement of anyone's job. It's it's really understanding within one workflow that someone has. Let's say they're trying to understand how uh, a new law coming out or a new regulation coming out is going to change the way that they have to you know, make a product. And so what we have, for instance, one practical system we have is to take in all the comments from regulations and understand the stance that everyone who's commented on that regulation has. So whether they're for or against and why. So kind of breaking it down to the themes. So that's a real job. A regular attorney, attorney today uh, will take in all the comments, review them for their client and say, here are companies for and against. And then after that, the attorney has to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to write our own comment? How are we going to plan a compliance strategy within the company to actually comply with these changes? And so that first part, that doesn't really need someone with a law degree to just review, read the comments. We can do that part automatically and actually get the lawyer faster to the point where they actually have to apply some inference, some narrative, some story skills. Uh, And that's kind of what we're doing with with all of the things that we have in the product today. I would assume that AI, because it has the ability to to extract patterns, would be able to actually figure out where there was astroturf in the movement and where there was actually true depth or where in a constituency base there actually are influencers, right? I mean, there's a lot of things. That's what I mean. You know, I think about... Uh, for example, the way a lot of the, the local NGOs are using social media tools to figure out who the influencers are within their their social media reach so they can know who to hit. It seems to me that there are all these different places where AI uh, applies these days. So ultimately, I guess your hypothesis is that you can't really deal with politics today without having technology on your side. Exactly. It's just, it's that same kind of analogy. It's It's not AI versus human. It's human who has some sort of technology supporting their work. And you can do a lot more as a person, as in your cognitive skills, your social skills, and understanding the environment. So the data that we collect is not the only data that's relevant to our algorithms, to our models. The data that you, our clients, our journalists now, our media arm, all that information that they process and collect, that helps inform those algorithms and that model. So the the work that you're doing outside and going to those parties and talking to your advocates is super critical. That's the thing that you should be doing. What you shouldn't be doing is sitting at your desk reading through a thousand-page document to try to understand that one line that might be relevant. So we can try to figure that out for you. We can try to figure out what are the most important sentences or paragraphs within this thousand pieces of pieces of legislation. Where did those paragraphs come from? If they may have been reintroductions from other pieces of legislation that you might have lobbied for, advocated for in the past. We can build that social graph of people that you might know that might know someone else and their advocate network or their lobby network or their uh, friends on other kinds of social media. Using that, that kind of pattern recognition, then you can be much more informed when you go into a meeting on the Hill and say, well, here's what you did. Here's what we think we want to be done and and how do we get there? Well, I got to tell you, Vlad, I really appreciate you coming in the studio today. It's it's always great to meet a technologist who's actually doing something that's changing things in a positive way. So congratulations to you and Fiscal Note. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you to the Greater Washington Board of Trade. The Greater Washington Board of Trade represents leading businesses, nonprofit organizations, and academic institutions, and has helped shape the development of our region for over 130 years. Visit boardoftrade.org to learn how a Board of Trade membership can help your organization succeed in this rapidly changing marketplace. Thanks to Auric, an international law firm that focuses on technology, energy, and infrastructure finance. 
Clients worldwide call on it for forward-looking commercial advice on transactions, litigation, and compliance. Learn more at auric.com. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.